0: Well, I I heard one. I want to tell y'all. This pastor he thought uh, he thought he'd liven things up in his sermon by doing a little visual aid for that week, and so he got four mason jars and four worms, and <laughs> and and one of the containers. He put alcohol and he put a worm in there and set it up there. And the other one he had filled with cigarette smoke and put a worm in it and sealed it up and put it up there. And the third one he filled with chocolate syrup and he put the worm in and, you know. And then the fourth one he just had clean dirt, just soil, you know, and he put the worm in there. He just left them up there. And at the end of his sermon, (laughs) he went back and he checked them. He said, let's check on these worms. And and so the one one in the smoke was dead. The one in the alcohol was dead. And the one in the chocolate was dead. And, of course, the one in the soil was just thriving. And he says, "Uh, anyone want to comment on the lesson we can take from from this example and a lady in the back says yeah it looks like as long as as long as we drink alcohol smoke cigarettes or eat chocolate we won't have worms <laughs> <laughs> hallelujah thank you lord yeah. We just thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day that you've given us. We thank you for all those who have come here and all those who couldn't be here, Lord. We just thank you and bless them. We thank you for all those listening all around the world. And we just thank you that you're right here with us. No matter if you're listening today or sometime in the future, we love you. We pray for you as well. And there is no distance in the Spirit. God is well able to work in your lives. All the wonderful things that we're talking about here today, and we're just believing that He will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, a couple weeks past Resurrection Sunday, Jesus, on that remarkable event, bore our guilt and our shame on His body, on the tree. He poured out the payment... For our sin, which was his soul. The life, which is translated in Hebrew as soul, is in the blood, says in Leviticus. And he poured it out for us. Amen. Amen. The very soul of God. Isn't that something? I hope you'll personalize that and make it about you. Because if it was just you, he would have done it anyway. Amen. One soul. One soul worth more than the whole world. Jesus said, Who what what shepherd wouldn't leave the ninety nine and go find the one that was strayed off, huh? The resurrection of Jesus we talked about last week is a sure guarantee hmm, of God's offer of salvation and forgiveness. Through Jesus, for those of us who believe on it, huh? and He provides us with pardon and peace and eternal life and victory over sin when we believe. And, and we talked about that beautiful word "sozo," s o z o, which is hundred and six times, hundred and eight times. say in the New Testament, or it, it, it's it's it it's not just about saved. It, it's translated saved. In the Greek. But it but it means so much more. It's, it's saved, healed, and delivered. Amen. So a sort of an all-inclusive salvation. And we're scratching the surface so many times of the benefits of it. You know, for whatever reason. Either ignorance, my people are perishing for a lack of knowledge. He's not just calling us dumb. He's saying, come on, get on board. Come find out about me. And I think you're going to like what you find. Huh? Or, they really want to find out. Problem is, they grew up in a place where, you know, (laughs) Mama and Grandma and all of them went, so they were like a family of skunks. They had their own pew, you know. (laughs) But, the preacher is telling them that, you know, well, God took, you know, I know your mom's only... Thirty-eight, and you're only six, but God needed your dad more than you did, and he took him, you know, or he put this sickness on this one to teach him a lesson. Or, you know, you're going through this strife or poverty or divorce to to learn something. God's, God's doing something. Nobody can really understand, but that's all lies all lies and it's really a cop out really because instead of pressing into god and and embracing all the gifts of the spirit and all of the revelation knowledge and all of the truth found in this word they just have to just have to bypass a lot of it because they're living so far below it themselves and god showed me thankfully hey don't ever bring my truth down to your standard of living Preach my word and you you all come up together, huh? Amen. <laughs> Thank God. We can always get the full gospel, huh? They never stop texting me. Went 15 years. Sunday mornings I've been in church. <laughs> Sorry. All those good things That Jesus provided Through the atonement But still 365 times in the Bible They say I haven't counted And I don't know You can look it up And and 10 of them will agree And 10 will say It's not true And it's the way it always is But I like the idea That 365 times In the Bible It tells us Not to be afraid Don't be afraid Don't be afraid a lot of us really live in a lot of fear, don't we? Ah, we admit it. <laughs> different types of fear. It's just like different types of pride, like an onion. Lots of layers there. <laughs> John fourteen twenty seven, one of my favorite scriptures. I have a lot of those, don't I? But Jesus, on the night of his betrayal, he he gave them something very personal of his own, didn't he? He said, Peace I give to you. My peace I give to you. And then it was so cool. Because <laughs> he knew what they were thinking. Not as the world gives do I give unto you. i Am not going to take it back or change my mind? Then our part. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. We have a, so it's a relationship. We have a part to play. <clears throat> Well, it's so much easier just saying whatever happens is God's will. Then I I don't have any responsibility. Yeah, that's right. But you do. And not admitting it, just going to make sure that you lose some battles that you could have won. Amen. By believing God. So His resurrection, the guarantee of our resurrection, that's... Without his resurrection, without that empty tomb, this is all for nothing. Amen. Right. I'll just go get me another Harley, and you know, we used to say you don't see Harleys parked in front of psychiatrists' office. I'd like to see more of them parked in front of churches, though. Hey, well, I'll bring mine next week. <laughs> hey. Praise God. Colossians 1:18 says, "And he, talking about Jesus, He is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent." <clears throat> That's an amazing scripture. You know how I love types and shadows and everything in the Old Testament is type and shadow of everything revealed or yet to be revealed in the New Covenant with Jesus, right? It's all pointing to Jesus. But even in the New Testament, they have some things that sort of they use, they use analogies and parables and types and shadows to help us to use natural things that we understand to understand spiritual truths. Amen? That's what this scripture is doing here. He, the head of the body. Okay. So... He was first in all of God's creation, right? He was here before any of this. He did this, okay? But now, he's the first in the new creation. Made possible by God to those who believe in Jesus by faith. So the resurrection here, though, it's interesting to me that it's compared to uh, a natural birth. Our rebirth, out of death, is compared to a natural birth. It says, he's the head of the body, right? And what Paul's trying to do is comfort us and reassure us that, so we have a resurrection to look forward to. So, we see the resurrection of the spiritual birth by looking at the type of, of a natural birth. So the head, not to be too graphic... But unless unless you were like me, you came out breach, and you've been showing that part of yourself your whole life <laughs> ever since. Normally, the head would come out first, wouldn't it? So the head has, has crowned. The head has come out. That's Jesus. And now, what's guaranteed to follow? Us, the body. Am I the only one that kind of gets excited? Maybe it's just in the telling of it. That's exciting, folks. John 14, 19 says, Jesus said, Yet in a little while the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. What a blessed assurance, huh? then we can get some bingo players in here. Come on. <laughs> Praise God. Come on in. Bingo! <laughs> Didn't work. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. Philippians 3.10. I want I to tell you that the, the resurrection of, for believers isn't just uh, a promise. It really should be our life's goal. Hmm? Yeah, Does that make sense? Let me see. Philippians 3.10 through 14. Paul said, here's his goal, that I may know him. His goal was that he may know Jesus. Now, he'd already had an encounter with him, just like all of us to some degree, huh? But he really had one, didn't he? And... Yeah. And he said, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. So what did he do? He strained on toward that goal. Look at verse 12. Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because... Christ Jesus has made me His own, brothers. I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do: forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal of the up for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. I love that scripture. It reminds you that there's no future in the past. It reminds me that God is a God of today. There's only one day with God is called today. Amen? And if you keep dredging up all the stuff that he's already forgiven you about, and I'm not saying you shouldn't go to him when you have issues, when you you make mistakes, when you have problems. You should. Because by talking to him about it, it purges your conscience. He already paid the price for it, so just go to him, get it dealt with. Lord, I dropped the ball right here. He's like, Okay, you're good, let's go. Forward, forward, forward. You ever seen a guy (laughs) in a football game that just lost ten yards because he just decided he had to run backwards so far to make a loop around? It's like, well, dummy. He just (laughs) Well anyway. To live for him and be raised with him. That's our purpose. That's our resolve. Yeah? Philippians one twenty-one, Paul said, To live as Christ, to die is gain. He was having a quandary. He was in, in chains, in prison, but he was still ministering the gospel. And he knew that was beneficial for us, and thank God he did. He wrote over about half of this New Testament. Most of it from with with chains on, you know? But he says, To live as Christ, to die is gain You see, death has lost its sting with us. Amen. We're not going to die you know it's not like some of these sad events you attend and oh it's in a better place It's like And I don't think so I'm not the judge thankfully but I'm pretty sure that you have to know Jesus right. and uh, but those of us that do that mean that we're perfect or better than anybody else it just means we're Fortunate enough that he reached into our lives and grabbed hold of us and we made a faith response to what he's provided by grace. To live is Christ, to die is gain. So either way, I'm good. He says, I want to go and be with the Lord, but I know if I stay, it'll help you all. So either way, It's by, by far being with the Lord, but you know, we're going to be with Him forever. Amen. We only get to be here for a flicker. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about the, the living. The we're, We've entered into eternal life. So There's living forever, but I'm talking about living while we're here. Mm-hmm. Not just, oh, someday, when we get up yonder, yeah. just hold on. No. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly to the full. John, under the power of the Holy Spirit, said, Beloved, I I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health, even as thy soul prospers. God says, I rejoice in the prosperity of my servants. Well one of those prosperity preachers. Yeah, absolutely. You know why? Because the Bible says that I am blessed to be a blessing. Now, I've been wealthy and I've been poor as they come. And when I was as poor as they come, it was really hard to be a blessing. To anyone. Just treading water. You know. I didn't have a lifeline to throw anybody. Because I was looking for something floating in the water myself. To hang on to. So if I were to say, Lord, you've done enough. I'm just, I'm I'm good. Really? That means you thought it was all for you. Get all you can, can all you get, and sit on you can. No. No, no, no! I'm a kingdom builder. I'm just a recruiter here, ambassador, a visitor from a king in a faraway land, huh? I can tell who read my book by saying that. I wonder I don't have very many reviews on Amazon. Hey, they're all good though. kept it short, but this really is the age of 40 characters or less, man. Can't really write a book in 40 characters or less. Made it as short as I could. Last week in John chapter 21, I shared a beautiful event that took place at Breakfast on the Beach with Jesus after he was resurrected with seven of the disciples and He did a wonderful thing for someone who had denied him a few times just days before, Peter. And he challenged him and asked him, Peter, do you love me? And he asked him three times, you know. Very symbolic, of course. Sort of undoing the curse, you know, as it were. Riding the wrong. I always thought that was a wonderful thing. It was painful at the time. It made Peter cry. But he knew what he was doing. And I'm sure, like I said, after the Lord, 40 days later, he went up to, to heaven. And I'm sure the rest of Peter's life, until he was crucified upside down, history tells us, I'm sure that crossed his mind many, many times. He restored him. And I, I shared how the 153 fish, got, God showed me that I mean we were one by the grace of God. Through the atonement. Just a beautiful portrayal of that. But you know, he restored Peter. He did a beautiful thing for him that day. But he also challenged him to live for him and to serve him. Huh? Feed my sheep. Tend my flock. Feed my lambs. Hmm? Servant isn't a word that we really Think of very positively in our culture today. Is it? Unless it provides enough money, and then we'll reconsider. As long as you change the title, don't call me a servant. Even in ministry, unfortunately, that's the attitude. You know. I just told you I'm believing God for more, bigger, better, bigger net. To save souls, to build the kingdom, but that's not my goal. That's not my objective. I didn't pursue this as a career choice. Huh? Just so I could get a picture of my wife and me up on a billboard on the freeway somewhere. (laughs) And I'm not against anyone. I have friends that actually have that. Forgive me. I'm not talking about anybody. I'm just saying that shouldn't be the goal. And I'm not saying it because theirs. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's too much, apparently. But, I just want to tell you that that attitude wasn't the attitude of the early church. A lot of these epistles in the back start off, you know, the first thing they say before they say an apostle of God is a servant and an apostle by the grace of God. And that's really the mindset we need to have I wonder how many uh, of these uh, denominational deacon boards would would still be intact if they renamed them servant boards <laughs> <laughs> I would love to do that yeah. now, hopefully all of them huh? let's we'll just, we'll just believe for that we'll get a chance to find out in the Days and years to come. Beginning phases of this third great awakening in this nation. And revival is springing up all over. Had a friend, a pastor in, uh, up in uh, about 100 miles west of Chicago. He, I saw He, he said, uh, this week I, I've been blessed to see 200 people give their lives to the Lord already. It's not even Sunday. might have got a little jealous 200 I think there was one or two this week that I had an influence on (laughs) at least but if I see those one or two in heaven then it was all worth it servanthood isn't easy folks popular message here today it requires a lot of dying to sell which is what we're called to do quiet down now (laughs) luke chapter 9 verses 20 through 26 then jesus he said to them but who do you say i am Peter answered, You're the Christ of God. And he strictly charged and commanded them to tell this to no one. This was before, he was before he was sacrificed. Saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. Now that's pretty plain. He told them this a bunch of times and then they still act so surprised when it happened. <laughs> And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. And what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words of him will the Son of Man, that's Jesus, be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. It's one thing for us to say that we love Jesus. It's another thing to truly commit to serve him. And I just have been pondering this. And I'll... Well, Lord, if that's what you want me to minister on today, I don't want to. And then I thought of six more sermons on the way to church. But he kept pointing me back to this, and I said, Well, okay. Let's see who else we can run off. <laughs> but to really serve in the fullness of the power and love and integrity and boldness, with signs and wonders attesting to the word of God, it, it really requires the supernatural help of the helper that Jesus promised to send, doesn't it? Yes, it does. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. Someone who isn't allowed in a lot of churches. Right, right. Isn't that crazy though? How do you think he feels about that actually? Rejected as a man on earth, and then not allowed in his church after he's ascended to the Father in glory. John 14, I just want to read a little bit, starting at the first verse of John chapter 14. This was at the Last Supper. Jesus partook of huh? on the night of his betrayal. Jesus started out and said, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, what I have told you, that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself and where I am, you may also be. And you know the way to where I'm going. And then here's Thomas. Thomas said, wait, Lord, (laughs) we do not know where where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Verse 7, if you had known me... You see, later on, they said, we knew him for a while after the flesh. Now we don't see him that way anymore. Matter of fact, we don't see anyone that way anymore. How many of you know your spirit? With a soul walking around in a body. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Muslims all over the world are getting saved. Thanks be to God. You know, this is one of their biggest arguments. He never said he was God. Well, he was here as our kinsman redeemer. He was always God, but he was here. He, I say, it, it's so cool because I know he had fun calling himself son of man, son of man, son of man. He's like, I like this for a while, but he was God. And I, I literally go through the. New, I'm like, I'm trying to find a place <coughs> where he's really not saying he's God. I can't. But those without the Spirit of God can't understand the things of God. Matter of fact, it's impossible to them and it's all foolishness to them. That's why we don't hate the sinner because it's the truth, Jesus Himself, that will set them free. Huh? Yeah. Philip said to Him in verse 8, Lord, show us the Father and it's enough. He just told him. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. Philip, okay, show him to us. And it's enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can they stand in front of you and say, He never said He was God? How can you say, Show us the Father? Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And then he promises them the help that I'm talking about. I'm talking about living to serve the Lord. It's really an impossible task without the help that we need. Here's the help 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Religious people hear him saying, Keep my commandments or you're going to hell. I heard him say, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. <laughs> huh? It's a response. And it comes out of that relationship with him. Huh? Huh? And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper, capital H, to be with you forever. To be with you forever. Oh, Holy Spirit, please come and be with us. He's going to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. (coughs) We could talk about that for a while. Maybe we will. Next week's Mother's Day, huh? Okay. I will not leave you as orphans. I'll come to you yet a little while and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live. You also will live. Again, the guarantee of our eternal life and resurrection. In that day, you will know that I am in the Father and you in me and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them He it is who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself in him. Look at Romans chapter 8, the first four verses. Now, we call to a new life in the Spirit, after the Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit being governed and led. By and influenced by our born again spirit. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free. The law of the spirit of Christ has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin, He condemns sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. I have to say, this is only for believers. Only for born-again Christians. Colossians 1.13 says before we knew Jesus, we were dead in trespasses and sin. Hmm? But when we put faith in Jesus, it quickened our spirit, made it alive, giving us a new life and breaking the bondage to sin and death over us, offering us a choice now, you see. In Ephesians chapter 2, I know I'm using a lot of scriptures today, but it, it's you can listen to it again if you need to. But it's important that we understand some things and that we make them our own. This has to be revelation to the believer so that we can walk in power and victory and servanthood and see it all as unto the Lord and not like we're losing anything by it. Ephesians 2, chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 1 through 7. And you were dead in the trespasses and sin in which you once walked. When, when sin entered into the Garden of Eden, <coughs> we died. God said, the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Well, they died on the spot when they ate it. Wait a minute. They lived to be 900 years old. Yep. But they died spiritually. That's why we have to understand first Thessalonians 5:23 we are spirit soul and body I told the woman at the well John 4:24 God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth Okay You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, that's Satan, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. So everyone that's not saved, they're still under the influence of their father, the devil. That's just a fact. It's not, it's not a, oh, you're of the devil. Yeah, we all were. Until we're born again, then he comes in and evicts that corrupted sin nature That spawn of Satan, that seed that was passed down all the way from the Garden of Eden to every person ever born since then, he evicts it, renews our spirit, perfected the mind of Christ, the very mind of Christ, the kingdom of God, then seals it with the promised Holy Spirit as a down payment on our salvation. One third of your salvation is done, huh? Now we got this soul, this mind, and will, and emotions personality, most people are aware of that, and this vehicle that we're riding around in. We're renewing this now, this part of our salvation, this mind and will and emotions, and then we'll get a new one of these bodies that's imperishable when we see the Lord again. Amen. Amen. Among whom you all once lived in the passions of your flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, And were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Sozo. Saved, healed, and delivered and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. So, nothing we can do. It's not merit-based. Christianity is not about behavior modification. As. As all the unbelieving friends you have, they stare at you so harshly when you talk about being in church because they want to make sure as long as they're living better than you, then they feel like they're okay with God. He's grading on a curve, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) It's just just not true. Behavior modification. It's a byproduct of the relationship. The fruit of the relationship, not the root. All right, I'm going to finish. But here was the whole point of the message. <laughs> I should have started here, so you wouldn't have been napping yet. Walk. want to talk to you about, because it's, it's always, those of us who walk, not after the flesh, but after the spirit, right? So we, what does that mean? I've always heard that. You know, I was raised up in what was, you know, well, anyway, this one young preacher walked in one day, about 15 minutes late, (laughs) and uh, he was being raised up to be a minister. Anyway, and this old preacher is up there, and (laughs) he kept walking in 15 minutes into the sermon. He said, Boy what you think you're doing Look at his clock watch like that. You know what time church starts? He said, I'm just I'm just being led by the Spirit of God. He said, Get your butt up here and pray. He, he, said, he made him come right up before the the podium and he made him, he made him get down and pray. Just on his hands and knees. You just stay there. He's left him there the whole sermon. <laughs> just being led by the Spirit. The spirit of God didn't tell you to be late for church. He forgives you. You're <laughs> not the one that <laughs> told you to do it. Listen, our spirit, our renewed spirit is the life-giving part of us, huh? Think about think, think these three three circles or three three things here. Okay, here's your spirit, here's your soul, here's your body. Okay, so the spirit, the renewed born again spirit, has the very mind of Christ. that's, that's the life giving part of us. It's always in communion in connection with the throne of God, always hearing from God, always in tune with God, always ready to obey, always obedient, always. Full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. The problem is you cannot discern what's going on in your spirit with your natural senses. Huh? It's uh, reflected in this word, which was written by the Holy Spirit. And with his help and guidance we can come to know and to understand. I always love Ephesians five and dime the five ten. It says, Find out what pleases the Lord. That means we can. And as soon as we agree with God, the more we begin to be conformed to the image of Jesus, huh? And so people say, Well, I look this way and this like I say again, okay, you're you you're you're thinking after the flesh. We're spirits with a soul and a body. So, this God part of us, the the part that knows God and communes with God, is always ready, always in revival, huh? Always excited and joyful for the things of God. Humble, amazing, only seeks to glorify the Father and the Son. And with the help of the Holy Spirit who has come alongside us, our paraclete, the one who comes alongside and takes a hold together with us and leads us all the way through this life, if we're alive. You know, I always talk about that, that painting we have in the living room, New Day Dawning. You see the big, vast ocean out there as the sun's coming up and then this little trail with the little light shining on it to going up through the woods, you know. That highway to hell is broad, you know. Lots of company. Lots of fun. But the road to salvation, to the kingdom of God, to Jesus is narrow. And only a few find it, he says. That's very sobering. The mind, the soul, is the part of us that makes decisions. It responds to All of the things that we can feel, hear, taste, touch. I missed one, but you get it. It's natural. You know, it it, it helps us. It helps us to know when it's cold or hot or we're hungry or, you know, there's danger. I mean, there's there's a lot of wonderful things about the soul. But the problem is we've turned it into uh, something that has legitimized uh, gluttony and selfishness and (laughs) fear. And unrighteous anger and things like that, huh? God gave us anger, but it's to be mad at the devil, right? Then the Bible say resist the devil, actively fight against the devil, and he will flee from you. Oh, God, run the devil off. Jesus said, I sat down. I was finished. I already did all that. I, I gave you authority over all the works of the devil, huh? Okay So Then we have our flesh Over here And it It's just It wants what it wants You know It mm-hmm. feels good Dave. What, What's wrong with that And then they've got part of God That says what, what God thinks And what's really truth And oh this is my truth And your truth And his truth And he, he wants to be of this And he thinks he's of that And that's okay for him What? God is not confused and he hasn't changed his mind about anything. He has not evolved one, one bit. He's changed covenants with us, thanks be to God, because we had a blood sacrifice that was permanent finally. That's why we're not slitting the throats of bulls and goats all the time. <laughs> when we listen to our spirit, we partake of all the inheritance of Christ, huh? What's that? Everything provided through the atonement, through the cross of Jesus Christ, is in our born again spirits, on account for us. Prosperity is there waiting for you. Health and wholeness, peace of mind, all there waiting for you. All the love, joy, and peace you'll ever need. All the forgiveness, everything, all there on account. But you have to draw from that will. You have to focus on the truth of God's Word, but there's an option. I'm talking about our soulless realm, focusing our mind and will and emotions. What we're magnifying, focusing on the Spirit of God, the Word of God, the truth of God's Word. I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. My God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. As I sow, he is going to return to me a harvest of whatever I sow. Everything in this life is in seed form. Yes, it includes money, but it's also peace, it's also love, it's also friendship. It's also kindness and goodness. It's all the things in this life, whether tangible or intangible, whether physical or emotional, all in seed form. That's why Jesus said, if you don't understand this law of sowing and reaping, the parable of the four soils, you're not going to understand anything that I teach. So, we have a choice. Focus on this. Or focus on this flesh. Which says, I'm sick. I'm hungry. Okay, feed it. Nothing wrong with that. In proportional amount. <laughs> but, I'm angry, I hate. You know? No. Wait. My spirit... The Bible, God says, love those who persecute you. Pray for them. Huh? Nah, you're justified. <laughs> Nobody has to put up with that. See, you got friends in both camps, too. Well, some most of us, we should, or people uh, that we know. But I'm here to tell you today which one is really your friend. Not the one that's going to agree with you when you call to talk bad about your husband or your wife or your boss and tell you everything that makes your flesh feel better. The real friends are the ones that say, oh, I'm so sorry. They they do have compassion. (laughs) They will cry with you and laugh with you. And then they're going to point you back to what the Word says about it. What there's 8,000 promises in here, sweetie. They all yes and amen to us in Christ. What's the Lord say? Alright, we're going to believe together. I'm going to stand with you. We're going to we're we're win this thing together. We're two or three together in my name. There I am in the midst. The power of agreement. We're going to pray together. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for this situation. We're going to pray for your boss. We're going to pray for that person being mean to you. We're going to pray for your husband. We're going to pray for your marriage. We're going to pray... Or anything that is bothering you and we're just going to give it all to God and we're going to leave it there and we're going to keep on believing until we receive until we see the result huh? Jesus said believe that you have what you pray for when you pray and you shall have it right. Huh? that's the way the kingdom works sow the seed then there's what? Jack and the Beanstalk, automatic one mile high fruit and plant. No, there's the seed, then the kernel, then the full head, and so there's seed, time, and harvest. You can't go dig up the seed. See, if it's producing, you have to trust God. When I return, will I even find faith in the world, Jesus said. Our faith is what is the hand that reaches out and takes hold of everything that Jesus has provided by grace. And Jesus said, if you have a servant who comes in from the field, do you say, oh, chill out, kick your feet up, here, let let me get you something to eat. No. You say... First, you 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 bring me some food and you, you take care of the needs here in the house and then you can go rest or whatever. Oh, God. See, you've got to be careful to even preach that these days. Jesus said it. He's comparing God himself and the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, and our faith... As a servant. Because that's what he came for. He come to fool around. He came to come alongside you and take a hold together with you against all the trials and tribulations and giants and roadblocks and obstacles that come against you in this life. And he said, I came to, ki- ki- to, to, to take names. To beat down the doors. But when you send me out to do it, and then by the time you get up off your knees, it hasn't happened yet, don't just say, well, i got to handle this. God didn't do it. Because then I come back and sit on the sidelines and wait until you're done trying to beat the air again. You send your faith out to accomplish what God has promised you in this word. And you wait. Yes. Knowing that God is faithful. His word is true. His promises for you are yes and amen in Christ. And I'm not going to stop believing. I'm not going to listen to the naysayers. I'm not going to surround myself with any of that. Until I see yes. what I have Asked for and believed for accomplished. Amen. Amen. And if I die believing, then so be it. When I stand before Him, He's not going to criticize me for that. Amen. I tell people all the time. Well, I'm sorry if I offended you, but if if the only thing the Lord has to say about me when I stand in front of Him is, "Well, they say you talked about me too much," I don't think He's going to get on to me too much. <laughs> just want to tell you about what made a difference in my life, huh? Well, I almost got to the... <laughs> the Lord bless you today. You know He loves you? Yes. All this coming through? Yes. All seed, you know? It's in seed form. I pray that it's gone deep into your heart, the garden of your your life. That you nurture it. Protect this seed. Don't let the enemy steal it. He comes right away and tries to steal the word. Because the word of God can save your soul. huh? Let it take root. Let it bear fruit. Meditate on these truths. Listen to the message again if you need to. Write down the scriptures and until the light bulb goes off. And then you don't have to say. I heard this from Pastor Will. About the third or fourth time you tell it. It will just be your own. Hmm? That's what I always tell people. I'm going to give you credit a couple times. That was cool. After that it's mine. <laughs> Alright I'm going to let y'all go. It's uh, it's about that time. Minds can only. And. In- absorb as much as your seats can endure really do love you and I pray that God is blessing you in every way and that he continues to do so and lead and guide you because his way and his will is perfect and he has a perfect plan for your life he can do more with what's left of every one of our lives than what we ever did in our on our own strength huh? amen. and he wants to be a part of it so just let him just surrender all amen And just ask Him what I was talking about today. Say, Lord, I I understand, you know, You came and saved me. That's the greatest thing in the world. I'll never get over being saved. But you called me to be a servant. And I don't really know what that looks like. I mean, I don't even see a position open for that, you know. I mean, just talk to Him like you would anybody that you care for and you think cares about you. And watch what he does, man. He'll show off for you in ways that are really cool. Yeah. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for teaching us and growing us up and and maturing us in your word and in our salvation. Lord, we don't want to just be saved and stuck. We don't want to just be get dipped and and say, Good and wait till we see you. We wanna we wanna contribute. We want to help build the kingdom of God, populate heaven and vacate hell. Lord, we can do that in whatever vocation we're in. That's just what we do. This is who we are. Help us to see what that looks like. Help us to learn how to evangelize the world in our way. We don't all have to be preachers. But the preacher told me this week, Lord, that he's raising us up to do the work of the ministry. That it's not just for the preacher to do all the praying and the healing and the amen. and the and the talking. It, it's for us. So, what does that look like for me, Lord? What's my part? And is this where I'm supposed to be planted? If it is, then then let the pastor know so he can put me to use, Lord. Thank you for loving us, Lord. We just praise you and we glorify your name. We thank you for your unspeakable gift, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Yes. amen. Yes. Thank you